You are now listening to the Walk After Falling podcast. I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Hey everybody, what's going on? It is your favorite podcast for the week, (laughs) Walk After Falling. (laughs) I'm here with... Catherine. And we have an awesome guest today, somebody who I absolutely um, love talking to every time I'm at church on Sunday and just learning from as much as I can. And it's been a little bit harder around this time because we haven't been able to physically be at the building. Um, But I really wanted him to come on here and share a little bit about how everything has shifted for him and just what he's learned in the past uh, few years past yeah few years of, of being in the position he is at the church so I'll let him introduce himself take it away my brother uh what's up everybody I'm uh Laz leaders Laz Rios Laz Lazarus <laughs> all the names um I'm the tech director at Soul City Church in the west of Chicago and I have been attending Soul City for about four years this year, and I've been working there for just over two years. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about what's been going on, man, with, with, with the whole shift with what you guys are doing at church and you being the, the guy who really is making it happen on the, on, the, on the streaming side, the sound, the guy who makes it happen every Sunday. Like, Tell us a little bit about that shift. Uh, so it's been kind of, cr- it was really crazy at first, to be honest. It was a little just um, crazy in the sense of like, we had been set up to stream already because we were doing that before. Yeah. So our Sunday stream was pretty, nor- it was pretty, it was a pretty normal thing for me to understand as far as like getting the stream online and those different things. But I think just as a whole, we were all kind of like, Ooh, are we really prepared for this? <laughs> like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of got real crazy for a second. And I don't say that as in like anyone was particularly crazy, but the whole world kind of just shifted within a few days. You know, I make sure the stream goes online. Mm -hmm. We're like filming the stream, recording the stream with, you know, like as a team. But I did that on Sundays before. So it's not much of a difference. The only difference being that we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Like it's just very, very different. So I feel like the weight of, that is really what's changed for me is like mm. carrying the weight of like, okay, I have to make sure that this gets out to everybody yeah. in a non um, distracting way yeah. because yeah. we had a lot of problems at first. And then I had to shift how I was doing it before because we had a few hundred people watching online, but everybody came in person. Mm-hmm. And so it went from that to literally everybody online mm. and yeah. I kind of overloaded, overloaded our system. So, Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to change how I was doing things, and it's been great now, but it's still like a work in progress. We're still learning our process and systems with how we're filming it, how mm-hmm. we're editing it, how we're doing all that stuff. So yeah. it's been a very collaborative effort, which is new for me in a sense of like on Sunday when we're non-pandemic, mm-hmm. I would make sure that the lighting was programmed, the audio consoles were set, like yeah. all the video stuff was ready and pro presenter graphics uh were ready like lyrics and stuff and now it's like just making sure that the lyrics are ready and the video stuff is ready Mm -hmm. and that 
along with the video and lighting stuff, like Josh is helping me. Uh, our visual director is helping yeah. a lot because he knows a lot about that as far as like uh, lighting for video mm-hmm. and, and smaller quarters that we're doing. And then uh. also just audio with um, our worship pastor, Patrick, kept, like mixing that and we're yeah. doing that in a different way. So it's very uh, much a team effort rather than just for like, sure. yeah, so sure. it's no, that's cool. Good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. For all the people out there who think it's literally just going in there and like pressing play and flipping a switch to turn the lights on. Like it's, definitely, I wish it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not that. And for me, like being able to see what you guys do behind the scenes, man, it's just crazy. And like, even during the week when you're there, you're, you're changing the lights every week. You're, you're up in that, that, uh, what do you call that thing? That crane the lift, the, yeah. the lift, man. <laughs> like you're, you're all over the place doing all kinds of things and, and you haven't been doing it for long and we're, we're going to get into that um, yeah. a little bit later, but the main thing I want to ask about this whole thing is what, so for a church that has such uh how many people would you say come on, on an average Sunday? I think it's like 1,700 to 2,000, I think. Yeah. I think. So like, don't quote me on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, we'll just go for our sake and yeah. look good, 2,000. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for a church that's between that number, that's a big number for on any one Sunday. How has the, like, I know your job stays the same, but the pressure, how has the pressure changed to, to make it where it's like post-pandemic, hopefully, whenever that is, bring even more people? So how do you continue to do your job through that and hopefully keep that number of people watching and connected? Like, what's what's that pressure like for you? Well, it's, it, I wouldn't say it so much as a pressure. It's just more of like a, well, I guess there is pressure. Uh, yeah for sure definitely pressure but it feels like it's more of a learning like i feel like Mm -hmm. through all this like our online the way that we light for in the room and for online and the way we do audio for online and in the room like a lot of those things i've i know about and we've kind of done but like now that we're doing this solely just online it's like i mean i wouldn't say that i don't feel like there's much pressure i feel like in my mind i'm already like okay how can (laughs) we make this online experience just as good post pandemic um, with the room being just as good as it was before the pandemic. Like, so I feel like in my mind, it's more so like just like a gear starting to roll. Like what can we do that would help? And not so much like a pressure for me, I guess. So, but it is, it is pretty, um, it's a lot to to hold (laughs) though, for sure. I mean, you know, everything is lined up. And as people who are just receiving that, you don't realize how much work really goes into every single moment of a service being mm-hmm. as amazing as it is. Yeah. You just think like, I remember going into Soul City when they were in the old building and being like, wow, this is awesome. Like everything mm-hmm. sounds so good <laughs> yeah. and it looks so great. And it was like, um, it's just, you don't really think about those things until you see kind of behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. so um, when I started volunteering it was like oh there's a lot that goes to this and then sometimes you're like oh it's so unnecessary there's like this and that but it's like everything is pretty necessary in different ways yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and um there's a lot of moving parts but i feel like we've had a good um system or not system but like a good uh way of how we produce sunday Mm -hmm. mornings yeah and although it may be chaotic at times it's very um I want to say organized chaos more so to speak, but because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we can plan and prepare as much as we want, but sometimes things oh, just sure. don't go for the sure. way you want them to go, you know? Yeah. And 
Like I so, remember, I remember yeah. one time, I think it was like not, it was very recently. Um, I think pastor Jeannie was preaching and you're like, Hey, like, here's the batteries. We need to switch them and make them good. Uh, or make sure it doesn't, um, you know, die in the middle of her service. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like he just gave yeah. me the batteries for the spe- the pastor who's speaking today. Like I better do this right. And I remember texting you like, where's the battery? <laughs> like, I, yeah, and yeah. then I, I had to double check because I was like, did I put the right battery in? I know like I stopped to talk to a few people on the way there. So like, there's all these things that on the production side go through your head because you want not only like, yeah, it's a production in a way, but you want, you don't want to, um, interrupt the flow yeah, of like the whole, yeah. exactly the flow of the Holy yeah. Spirit or what's going on, and you know you're you're just like for me being the battery guy, I felt like I was a cup bearer in that way. I was like, I gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I better not give true. the poisonous yeah, battery. <laughs> <laughs> so that just to let people know, like even that small little job sometimes can be like you have to save the world in that moment yeah, <laughs> and not, dude, not yeah. because it's a pressure, but because you want to make sure you, you believe in it, you believe in it and you want it yeah. to go as God intended it to go. And I remember I was like, pastor Jeannie, uh, you know, if it does happen to die, we have the backup mic. She's like, well, let's hope that doesn't happen in the sweetest voice. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, it's on. I got to make sure this battery's good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, 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 um, even something as small as like changing out the batteries, it mm-hmm. matters. Like, yeah. and it, it's, it matters. in and like you said, in kind of like the being a distraction for your environment, mm-hmm. meaning like we have a saying on the creative team, like where you're creating uh, moments for people to kind of move with God. And I think I'm mm-hmm. probably butchering it, but, and I'm sorry, Sarah, if you're listening and you heard that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like that's our job is to create, a job and calling kind of thing to create for me at least is to create an atmosphere mm. for people to experience God. And that includes not no distractions. That includes a lot of that. And it, to, I guess to go back a little bit to what you said about the pressure, like in that sense, like it's a, it's a very high stress job mm-hmm. or a position for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it like, I thrive in the middle of like challenges and kind of, trying to figure things out and chaos i guess and so like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a very heavy weight to bear sometimes but also like um it's what i'm called to do Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of my calling is like to hold that space and so i mean like you said i mean it's the pressure of mics not working and batteries Mm -hmm. not working and headsets not working and the audio not going through on the online stream it's the lights in the room, shining people in the eyes mm-hmm. are blinding people are are not being lit up enough. It's the video not looking good are just being not white balanced mm-hmm. and not focused. And it's the, the lyrics being wrong on the stream and, yeah. and different in the room. And it's like, it's all those things that kind of like that I hold and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Like it's yeah. not a bad thing at all, but it's, um, it's very high stress for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, many people have told me, like, you know, you hold it so well, like, you kind of seem very calm. And it's like, I think just because I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm assuming, I, I'm definitely going to say that's all God mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. But I just love it. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. And it's definitely a passion that I have to kind of do those things. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And I love you said how you said that it's a calling. And I was, can you just talk a little bit about um, your, your background with faith and how you grew up with it and then how that led you to, 
like go into your calling at church? So uh, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. Um, my parents are both pastors still to this day in California. Wow. Um, I am from California, but like it wasn't until I was about 17 or 18 that I really like started to, I say kind of take God seriously because mm-hmm. I felt like I was living off my parents, like salvation and yeah. faith, you know, like, Oh, my parents are pastors. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into heaven, you know, whatever. going <laughs> <laughs> to so, ride the coattails yeah. of their faith. Yeah. And so, um, but that wasn't true. And I knew that at some point and I had to really make a decision for myself and it yeah. wasn't, um, until I was older, like out of high school and older and realized like I should try to take it seriously. And it took a long time to really get to that point. But like I was in a band and I was in a Christian metal band and, <laughs> you know, so that was part of my calling. Like I just love music. Music's a big part of my life. Yeah. I've um, been playing since I was 10 maybe. Oh, wow. So like, you know, 23 years now I've been playing music and, I play guitar and bass and drums and like, yeah. I love it. I love everything to do with music and I um, love being creative with it. And so that was part of my, like, I would say that's like definitely part of my calling still to yeah. this day. But like that led me to like touring and just doing some wow. shows with bigger bands. That was fun and bigger venues and like seeing the lighting and the audio, not really knowing about it until Two and a half years ago, if I'm being yeah. honest. <laughs> oh, wow. That is and so, crazy. Yeah. Um, so I realized that like it was fun and awesome, and I had another job that I was doing special events, and it was kind of the same thing, but not really. Mm. And it was just kind of like I loved the people there in that job, but like it was very soul sucking, mm-hmm. meaning like it wasn't yeah. fulfilling for me. Yeah. And so, um. I started volunteering at Soul City. Long story short, volunteering at Soul City. I met Patrick and Fabi, and then Pat kind of got me on the team. And then one day was like, hey, you want to be in front of house guy? When we got into the new building, and I was like, I mean, I don't know much, but I'm down to learn. And yeah. I said yes. And that was the thing. Is like if you're, I think if you're willing, um, when you have those opportunities, then that's – part of your i'm just kind of paraphr- i mean no no you're good you're it good. up as i go there, i guess but, but like that's yeah but, go ahead but no i was gonna say there's a there a couple people had to text you didn't they yeah yeah so it was like <laughs> it was so it wasn't yeah it was like hey man you want to be front of house guy and i was like sure i'll learn so they like took me to california to this like conference thing and it was really cool and i was like this is awesome and then they were looking for a tech director because the previous one uh chris had moved to the ops director yeah so they were like, you should be, Pat was the first one that was like, you should be the tech director. And I was like, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. Like, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. Like I'm barely learning from like audio right now. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And so he said, he said that I said, no. And then another person, Jeremy Lopez who yeah. was on staff at the time. We did my baptism story and he took me out to breakfast and was like, have you thought about being tech director? And I was like, no. And then he kind of gave me this talk about things. And I was like, all right, dude, well, I'll think about it, I guess. That's cool. Two of you now. Yeah. And then it kind of went back and forth. And I think they were interviewing some people and different people. And it was like, okay, cool. I don't, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's crazy. And then Sarah called me. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. was like, hey, dude. <laughs> when Sarah calls, you better, yeah, you yeah. better answer. She was like, she was like, hey, dude. 
uh, hey man, you know, hey dude, um, a few of your names have been kind of thrown around here a lot <laughs> on staff yeah. and, you know, like we're interviewing and if you want to throw your hat in the pot kind of thing, like, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're totally welcome to do that. And so I said, okay, I'm down sure. And so I did my resume, sent it in. And it so happened at that time that like when that whole conversation happened, I was having foot surgery. So I had surgery oh, on my wow. foot and I was off for three to four weeks from work. Yeah. And during that time, I went and had three weeks of interviews at wow. Soul City when I was off of work. So it it was definitely like a God-ordained yeah. like moments. And so it's crazy that it lined up like that. Like mm-hmm. I was off of work, able to go in. I was on crutches when I went for the first week of my interviews because <laughs> wow. I was like, all right, I'll go and whatever. And so first week, second week, third week, and then finally I got the offer. And then from there, I kind of hit the ground running because – I, me as a person and like my character, I guess, is like, I love to be the best at what I do, regardless of what it is, or try to be the best. I try to learn as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And so I just jumped in and then (laughs) it's really crazy to me that I jumped in and did that and I don't regret it at all. Like it's changed my life and definitely given me a career and a very different like set of skills that I didn't even know I had wow. that God gave me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's insane, dude. Like I, yeah. I have moments still to this day where I think like, I don't really know much, man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but then I see like this morning or yesterday, I was looking at pictures from, I think it was last year. And I saw the Easter video from last year and pictures mm-hmm. and then like vision night early this year. And then mm-hmm. just all these different things that I was like, wow, I can't believe I like, I'm not saying I did that, but like I cultivated that or like yeah, created that with other people and for sure mm-hmm. and making it happen. And so I think I was in that Easter video too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's kind of crazy, dude. Like, and so here I am fast forward two years later and I remember there was a conversation me and Sarah had and she's like, it'll probably take you about six months or about a year to kind of get up to speed. Mm. And I was like, ah, uh, I don't agree with that. <laughs> this is when I first started. I was just like, I think I can do this, whatever, you know. And yeah. um, within six months, I remember we had a conversation again. And I was like, here I am. And she's like, yep. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like I have a year still to learn the odds and ends and very like the bigger picture of what my job was. Yeah. But as far as like keeping it afloat and like maintaining what was happening and kind of trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. I, in six months, I was already like, and that's not me to toot my own horn or anything. I just... I'm confident in that, yeah. and I, I mm-hmm. take pride in that that I was able to do that in such a fast time. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yeah. But you know, it's there's. I feel like it's a consistent, constantly learning mm-hmm. in this in this business or in this job in this role mm-hmm. in life. It's always about like growing and learning. Yeah. And there's seasons of like hardship and things are hard, and there's seasons of like things are great, things are awesome, and I know a lot, and I feel like I'm on top of the game, on top of the world. And then there's days where you're just like in the valley, you know? That's great. Yeah, of course. And I know that Enneagram yeah. is really big at Soul City. Do you know your number? Mm-hmm. So I'm a nine Ooh, okay. on the Enneagram. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I love <laughs> peace, man. <laughs> I'm no, a very you, relaxed you, guy. Yeah. but <laughs> You are though. Like, honestly, you are, man. And sometimes I'm like, this is the thing that I notice about you and I, and I hope that it's something that 
continues to encourage you to do what you're doing is be, and this is something that I see about a lot of people there, not just like you, like Josh, a lot of people where it's like with all of because I see it like when I'm volunteering, I see it. I see all the stuff you have to do, all the people that pull you that that can pull you in different directions, all the different things that might come up. But it's like when somebody asks you a question like you are so just like calm and collected and you find time to answer every question and still teach in those moments as well. And that's like yeah. something that man, not a lot of people can do, especially in a high, like high stress, you know, high level job like that, especially on a Sunday when like it's yeah. go time, you know what I mean? So I just want to commend you on that. Cause that is huge to stay calm and collect. I don't know if it's the West coast vibes or what, <laughs> probably but... <laughs> California, dude. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, it's going to get, done we're good like don't worry but i that's something that like i feel like i have to like i want to work on you know is yeah. just when i get to that point of being able to like hey somebody's coming up to me and wants to learn like like you just make it feel like where i can come and ask you and i don't feel like i'm bothering you you know what i mean yeah that's something yeah. i never want to do but yeah like that's that's so interesting to me um yeah but but what wing are you do you know what your wing is uh, no, I think okay. I'm like a one or a three. Okay. I, yeah, that makes sense. I, people though. said one, people said three. Yeah. I don't, I haven't looked into it enough to really determine for myself what it is, but yeah. I know for sure it's yeah. a nine. And that, yeah. the only reason I ask that is because it makes sense when you say like, man, like when I'm in it, I'm confident enough to say like, I can do this and get it done. So that's definitely like a one or a three. I'm not really... Like I haven't really looked into a lot lately. I have been doing these doing these uh, podcasts and all that because it's yeah. really it's really interesting to see how those things yeah, lined dude. up. And we're not defined by that, but it's just interesting to see how you know one little thing from this or that can kind of help us understand a little bit more. Um, but I what I want to do real quick is I want to read yeah. something off about the nine, like a couple of the little terms, and then yeah, you dude. tell me like what they mean for you or if those are true about you. Okay. Um. So the first, so the nine is the peacemaker. It's easygoing, self-effacing type, but the first two receptive and reassuring and agreeable. What, what do those mean for you? Are those true for you? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. And it, yes, definitely. Those are all true for me. And I feel like I am very agreeable. I want to keep the peace and kind of be a team and make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if, you know, if you kind of do that too much, I wouldn't even say too much. I, I, if you're on an unhealthy way doing unhealthily doing that, then it starts to really wear on you. Mm. And, um, but I mean, I'm definitely, I, I don't know. I just, I love peace and like being agreeable and being like, yeah, man, let's just make it work, whatever we can do. Or, um, yeah, I guess this is kind of, bad. I don't want to ramble on about that. No, but no, yes, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the last one is complacent. And I feel like that can be, people can look at that as like, oh, that's not the best part of it. But what the, do you feel like you ever get complacent in things in life? Oh, oh yeah. Um, and, and there's another thing that's we learned, I learned at Soul City as well called the thinking wavelength. Mm. Um, and I forgot what the website is or part of it, where it came from, but we had a, a staff retreat and we kind of went to this thinking wavelength and like, I think it's called a finder is where I'm at. So basically I have like these short bursts of energy to get something up and off the ground. Yeah. But then maintaining it is hard for me because oh, I'm, wow. I, I thrive and live on like 
that like craziness of getting something running and getting it going. Yeah. And so I can definitely be just to add to, I mean, that's kind of a side note, but that adds to like the complacency for me is like, I can definitely be complacent sometimes with where I'm at or what I'm doing. If something's like quote unquote boring to me, mm-hmm. then I'll kind of like, well numb out, which is something yeah. that mine does too, is you, you daydream and you, you numb out, you kind of just space out when you're in a meeting or sometimes <laughs> doing different things. Mm. And it still happens to this day. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's just part of being a nine, but also knowing yourself to know, to name that and say, yeah, like I get complacent during things, during seasons of work or life or different things, you know? Wow. And I didn't really yeah. learn about myself being a nine until I got to a very, very hard place where I was like, man, I think I'm in an healthy nine wow. and I had to like read up on that and see what it is and how, yeah, you know, you kind of hold all that stuff in and you boil and then you blow up one day, basically. Uh-huh. You're, you're too nice. You're just so nice that you <laughs> hold it all in and then you push yeah. it down. And, and that's what happened to me. And, and I had to like, I had to go see Like I had to go to therapy. I was like, wow. and at soul city and we call it counseling at soul city, mm-hmm. but counseling and, um, that we're very big on it. And I was like, no, that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Yeah. There's a big stigma around that. And mm-hmm. definitely in, uh, I'm Latino, I'm Mexican. So yeah. like in the Hispanic <laughs> yeah, culture, dude, it's yep. like, it's like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, <laughs> it's so true, man. I talked about this with the, with wholesale. Actually we had on, yeah. and it's a big thing, big thing. Mm. Yeah. And so it got to this really hard point where me and Megan, like, my wife, Megan, like we were kind of going through some hard times in marriage. Nothing like crazy. We were just arguing. And it was like a lot of it had to do with me, Mm. just how I was acting and reacting to things. And so I um, got to the point where I was like, dude, maybe I just need to go to counseling or therapy or whatever. And I just called this, or not random. I got the counselor's list from Soul City. But Mm. then I called this office and I emailed them and said, hey, I just need someone to talk to you. And... I've been there for two and a half years now wow. in, in counseling. And I go twice um, every other week. So I go twice a month. Wow, that's awesome. um, I was going every week before, but dude, like I had to really, there was a lot of things that I, that I uh, needed to work on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more you learn about yourself and kind of do that and take care of yourself, your mental health, like it definitely helps a lot, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I know I'm actually in school for, for therapy to become a counselor. Um, and I think one of the greatest things about counseling is just the uncovering you do with yourself and you really just keep peeling back layers of yourself and defenses you put up and walls you put up. Um, and so what has that process been like? Like what have you discovered about yourself in the last two years? Oh man. Okay. So but yes, I agree with what you're saying. It's awesome. And I definitely encourage anyone who's listening mm-hmm. um, to, if you've been thinking about it or you're like, I don't know about it. If you don't want to tell anyone, don't tell anyone. Just yeah. go yeah. start it out because it's great. And I would have never told anyone. Mm. And I really haven't said much until it was about a year, I think, after I did it that I was like, you know, you guys need to go. But mm-hmm. um, I learned a lot about myself as far as like um, my defense mechanisms or like just kind of how. I was in a band and I was frontman of a band. And mm. the reason why I enjoyed that so much is because 
growing up at times in school and life and different things, I really felt like I wasn't seen. Mm. And so I had a really hard time feeling worth anything or like that I mattered or I valued people valued my opinion or any of that stuff, which is has to do with a nine as well. The nine uh, tendencies and stuff. So, mm -hmm. wow. um, yeah, I learned that that was a thing that I did without even really realizing it until, you know, I'm 30, 30 years old, mm -hmm. 32 now, but 30 when I started going and it was like, I realized that I did that so I could feel seen mm -hmm. and feel accepted and felt like I mattered mm -hmm. and I was valued. And once I uncovered that, like my life, the way I thought about myself, I still have those thoughts here and there, but mm -hmm. the way that I view myself is not like I need to be on the stage to matter, yeah. which is crazy that I got the job at Soul City being tech director, which is all behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> I went to therapy. House. Yeah. And then I went to therapy and it was like, I learned that it doesn't matter if I'm on stage, it, like what I do matters regardless wow. of what anybody says. That's so good. Mm. And, um, so like, yeah, it, that was the biggest thing. There's a lot more to that, like a lot more that I've learned, but the biggest one I think was like, when I realized that I don't need to, put myself in the front of everything and be mm. the center of attention, which I love being the center of attention yeah. because <laughs> I'm, I'm an extrovert. So it's just natural for me, but yeah. the reasoning behind it before was very different than it is now. Wow. Mm. That's good, man. Thank you for sharing. And so, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's great. I love it. I mean, I recommend it for sure to anybody. Yeah. 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 And kind of going back to that, um, not needing to put yourself, you know, in the front, like what sorts of, damaging thoughts come into that behavior for you like what kind of drives that need uh, um you mean like wh what makes me want to be on stage in front of people yeah or just like you know what what kinds of things do you tell yourself that you know that that lead to you wanting to do that like what kind of lies do you tell that yourself if people if people don't see me they won't know who i am mm -hmm. and i won't matter and like what i do won't matter unless it's in front of everyone wow. meaning like um, you know, if I'm not on stage playing bass or doing something like that, then I don't matter. I don't care. Like no one cares. Basically. Mm -hmm. It's really, really very, uh, it's a very negative thoughts that I've had those. Yeah. Like nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Like you're nothing basically. And that's something that I consistently battle with, but mm -hmm. I've, um, not as much now, but like definitely at times I can have that thought of like, if I'm not like the face of something, then I'm not really, you know, wow. yeah. part of it. That's mm -hmm. a real and so thing, it's a, uh, it's been a journey, but like, you know, the lies that I tell myself like that, I definitely have to like push back and like rely on God for that and realize mm -hmm. that like pretty much my job that I have is because of God and mm. any of the skills I have is because of God and anything like, and that on that spectrum, like it is not going to be, broken down or like you know not worth anything like definitely realizing that my worth lies in god it definitely helps a lot with shutting down those lies mm -hmm. and, and when they happen and stuff you yeah, know absolutely if you could sum it up in like a word or a phrase what would that true north be for you the the truth that you tell yourself now uh man you know like i to be honest i haven't really thought of like that true north and i think if I would have put it in the word, it would just be like stand. Mm. And it, it's crazy. I know it sounds weird, but like my dad used to say this all the time when I was younger. He said, when there's nothing else left to do, just stand. Mm. That's so good. Man. You know? Yeah. And it was like, 
okay, dad, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but now that I'm 32, it yeah. like it hits, hits home. Like when I feel that way, it doesn't mean I need to go hide and cower and sit down somewhere and wow. be, you know, whatever. It just means stand, just stay there, just stay where you're at and do what you're doing and, you know, you'll get through it. And so I feel like stand is definitely like my, Stand tall. Yeah, Mm -hmm. stand tall for sure. Where do you feel like right now in this season you are standing? Oh, man. I feel like I'm standing pretty tall right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a few weeks ago, like when this pandemic started, it was kind of crazy, kind of hectic. And uh, Megan and I had a conversation one Sunday. We were walking and took a walk with our daughter Zoe. And Mm -hmm. it was like what the heck? This is crazy. Like (laughs) the world just pretty much shut down and God like shut it down. And I'm not saying like, Oh God did it on purpose. I'm just saying like, it was just like, okay, for us in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a real thing to think too. You know, like he's in control of it all. Yeah. No matter what the outcome is. We felt like God was saying, okay, just save and do your budget. Mm. And like, it was really weird. We're like, okay, cool. Let's just do it. You know, whatever. And so, we did a budget that Sunday and literally tithed off of everything that we get, even if it's like a gift from someone or it's a reimbursement check for like, you know, they're covering therapy during this time. So like Mm -hmm. tithing off of that, even though I already paid my tithes off of that, like Mm -hmm. I feel like the principle is very um, important, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's crazy. So like fast forward to now, like our, budget and we had like a savings plan and everything and it's like almost there in a matter of a month wow and it's like like insane Mm -hmm. like like how like just how that's all i can say is like how and like yeah you know that sunday we were so down and out and having a hard time and we just said okay god we'll trust you with all these decisions and Mm. just do what you're telling us to do and we did it and like a month later here we are like almost reached our goal yeah like by the end of this month we'll be not very far off from what we need to save for like emergency fund and expenses yeah. and all these different things. And then like just different opportunities. And like anytime we've tied and done things like money's randomly just showed up, like wow. through different ways, through the stimulus, obviously, and through like different things, but like money we didn't expect. And it was like, how are we ever going to get to this number? God, like this is crazy. Yeah. And then a month later we're almost there. And it's like, I wow. feel like that's where we're standing right now. It's like, okay, God, you're doing something new in the middle of all mm. this and we have to trust you in yes. the middle of all this, even if it's scary, even if it's crazy, even if it doesn't make sense. And you're like, why would you want us to do that? Or why would this be a thing or an option or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you have to stand. And that's yeah. why I feel like we're just standing like, okay, God, we're ready. Like <laughs> yeah. whatever you want us to do, we're ready. Like if you did this in a month and we really like, <laughs> gave you all of the decisions and all of the trust like what more could you do for us you know Mm -hmm. and I love that you say that you guys did it when you were feeling down and out because I think like when when we get to those points when we're feeling desperate like we cling on to those we cling on to money we cling on to things more the things that we Mm -hmm. feel like give us security Mm -hmm. but in that moment instead you guys released it Mm -hmm. and you said okay we're gonna be smart about it but then we're gonna trust yes yeah and it's it 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 still is mind blowing to us. Like we don't even realize the amount of money that we have. We're like, how? Like we've never had that much money in our lives. And like, it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's like, okay, 
that's definitely a God thing. Like, <laughs> like we have to just trust that he's doing what he needs to do and we just have to follow that, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and that's where I feel like we're standing right now is like standing. We were down and out standing there and we're here standing, you know, and knowing that very well, something could change and he could say, I want you to do this instead. And it could be hard and it'll be a season of being hard again, but also knowing like the way we're standing now is the same way we'll stand then. Wow. And knowing that it'll work out the way it's supposed to, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's almost like the story of of you know the lady feeding Elijah. You know, conti- the oil just continued to yeah. to be there. Continue the things that she yeah. needed continued to be there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And it's so it's it's funny that you say that because we do know like because of this time a lot of tragedy has happened. But when yeah. you ask people you know, like how this is affecting them. I feel like everybody has almost the same thing. Like it, it, I don't know, man. Like I believe God is in control of, of everything that's happening. You know what I mean? Like not saying he, like you said, he didn't do this on purpose, but he's still, if we give him the control, he's still in control. We just have to be willing. But I believe I say that in the sense of same thing here. Like, you know, I am talking, we had a conversation with a pastor the other day and he was saying the same thing. Like he believes that like this happened, like everybody's situation, it happened to everybody, but it, but there's good things to take away from this because for him, it was the same thing. Like, man, the Lord, you know, we had this thing with the insurance and if this didn't happen, we would have been paying crazy amounts for insurance but because this happened like we are able to get back ahead or you know i think for myself i'm like man the money i i continue to like spend on gas eating out and food all this stuff like (laughs) driving you know even to church from the southwest suburbs i'm like oh my goodness now like i can actually have like you know padding in my in my accounts you know and there's so many different things that are happening that i believe like God is still in control. Like no matter what yeah. happens, he's still in control. Yeah. And, and that's for anybody. I used to think like, Oh man, like, Oh, I, I do have the thing where like, you know, this has to happen before God lets this happen, all that. But it's like all at the same time this happened, but it's like everybody's prayers that they kind of put to the wayside. Now they yeah. have that, that time to really focus on that and just trust yeah. and be willing. Cause yeah. We know yeah. it's hard for a lot of people, especially those who lost their jobs and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, he's working in some ways. There's something that he's yeah. doing in everybody's life. I feel like to, to yeah. keep us ahead and afloat. And I love yeah. that, that you mentioned that. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a slow down thing for us. I felt like God was like, "Wow, slow down." And we were like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, sure, whatever you say." And then like it felt like we've been trying to do savings and be smart with our money and budget and all this stuff for like mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. A long time, if I'm being honest, like completely transparent. It was hard for us. Like we didn't, you know, we go eat out or we do it, you know, just kind of do these yeah. things. And it was like, God said, okay, I'm going to reset. Here we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like now follow what I'm saying. And so we did. And it feels like, okay, we need to just trust him. Like you said, wow. just do everything. And he's always in control. I feel mm. like it's something that people don't, I'll speak for myself. Some times thing something i don't always think about i'm like i have to be in control of this but it's like Mm -hmm. i don't i need to let go i need to just like flow and and at at the end of the day god is the one who's going to make something happen whatever is supposed to happen Mm -hmm. is going to happen and that's what i always i love to say like i tell megan and and like and my and she tells me this too because i tell her it but like whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen and that's something i've believed for a long time like just like with 
my band and different like job mm-hmm. opportunities like like oh man i want to get signed that'd be so cool or whatever yeah. and it was like all right god whatever's supposed to happen will happen and doing things like that and then getting signed to a, a label out of california wow. and then like touring and doing some two music you know only two music videos two albums wow. i say only but like yeah. that's still Dude, a that's big accomplishment huge. that's you know? huge yeah and i felt like every through all of that regardless of how connected i was with god or not like mm-hmm. as long as i just remembered like whatever is gonna happen it's wow. gonna happen yeah and it's like another thing that i that i hear through these stories too is like how you know when you're young you work so hard to get to a point in your life that you think is the pinnacle and you think you've arrived but yet but yet it like (laughs) like you haven't even really started your life yet you know what i mean yeah yeah it's 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 just funny to see how all that like for you maybe arriving was making those music videos getting signed like that's the rest of your life let alone to know like man i'm gonna be like doing this uh you know uh being a technical director for a huge church in the city of chicago and you know and that for a church that still has so much ceiling left to grow Mm -hmm. who knows where god is going to take it because there's so much stuff in the works that he's doing for for soul city and you're a part of that man and that's amazing um the other thing i wanted to ask you real quick did you meet megan at soul city or through soul city no so did you know her before that technically yes so I'll tell you that story. It's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> we, so I'll start it off by saying we met on Instagram. Okay. Um, I was in a band. She was here. <laughs> and she like was looking for some Christian metal bands. She said she saw me and just followed me or whatever. And then I called her one day and I was like, who's this random girl? And she said, who's this random guy? Kind of, you know, yeah. back and forth. So we both like started liking pictures here and there. And it was really like, okay. And then she just, so the, this is like our crazy story. Like, she was still to this day say she didn't think this was true, but I was going to DM her one day. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like I was going to send her DM. Megan, and, you know, he's like not the whole kidding. Thing. When you're listening, he's yeah. not kidding. <laughs> I was going to send a DM and I was like, that's no, I'm not going to do that. That's kind of weird or whatever. Yeah. And then three days later, she DMs me. Wow. And then that's kind of what we're, we just started texting from there. And then I was on tour and came through and we met at a show and had coffee and I talked a lot because I was nervous and mm. she's an introvert. So she's like, I love that he's talking and I have to talk, <laughs> whatever. He's talking about himself. And so, <laughs> so it worked really well. But I remember like when I met her, I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't say I love this girl yet, but I was like, this girl is like something else, man. Wow. And so fast forward, it was a year later that we were engaged. If I'm being honest, wow. it was like, don't give don't give Catherine ideas now. We've only been dating for nine months, okay? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy because we dated we dated for almost a year, and then like we got married within three months after being engaged. Wow. Um, and we had talked about being married before we we got engaged, and we're like you know just like we should plan it, blah blah blah. And it was it's really crazy. I think it's really crazy. People thought we were crazy, yeah. but I mean it's the best decision I ever made. And then mm-hmm. Soul City, uh, she came to Soul City before I did, which a lot of people don't wow. know. Wow. They're always like, when did you start coming? And Megan's like, I'm the one who brought last year. Wow. <laughs> so like awesome. when I when I, we were dating, I would come visit. And I was actually there for a, a few services. Like at least once a month, I'd come out here. So mm-hmm. I went once a month to Soul City. And I was there for the groundbreaking service wow. when we were going to the new building. And it was kind of crazy that, you know, we're part of it. But she brought me there. And I was like, man, this church makes me feel like I can be myself. Mm. 
and then I moved here in November of 2016. Wow. And I just started going to midweek and going to services, and then I met Patrick, and then I joined the worship, and then that's kind of where it just took off from there. And so Megan said she used to like to come in really incognito, <laughs> you know, like just kind of slip into service and then leave, you know, not talk to anybody. Yeah. And then I came and it was like, <laughs> everybody knows who she is right? and I, who yeah. I am now. So. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's really yeah. cool. So did you decide to move to Chicago because of this relationship? Yeah, we were like talking about her moving to California, but it's so expensive wow. in Northern California. Mm-hmm. While I was living. Mm-hmm. So we were like, I was like, I'll just move out here. Wow. And I was like, scariest thing i've ever done in my life yeah but meaning like moving out of state yeah, and it was yeah. like okay i'll do it and so i got a job on google i got a job before i even moved here wow a month before i moved here i um i messaged this place on google and they called me back the next day and i had an interview when i came to visit and then like two weeks later they offered me a job wow. Wow. That is awesome. and so i started three days after i got here and that's it Man, you know that's yeah. awesome that's awesome, man. That's a good story. Yeah, I didn't think I knew the whole thing, but that's yeah. it's good to always know, like, you know, the origins of yeah. like, how people got here, what, like how they even got to church, and then the, the relationship built upon all of that. Yeah, it's so good. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about, I want to go back really quick, rewind to yeah. like the, the pressure stuff or just the, the stress situation. And I know I mentioned to you uh, this to you on the phone about the difference because you power lift. Uh, yes. You know, and yeah. f- the first question I have, how long have you been doing that? Was that a way for, uh, w- was that something you picked up like not long ago, but as an outlet or is that something you've always done? So I used to be a runner, surprisingly. And then I yeah. met Megan and she was like, you should go to the gym. And I was like, <laughs> not like that though. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. I'll try it. And my buddy back home in California uh, is a power lifter. So I started okay. working out with him. It was really weird. I didn't really care for it. I was yeah. very like, I hate doing this. It sucks. And <laughs> I, I moved here and I, I actually got a personal uh, a coach, like a trainer. When yeah. I moved here and joined this gym called Rockwell Barbell, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. And it's a private gym, a, a powerlifting gym. And wow. so ever since I moved to Chicago, I've been powerlifting more serious. Mm. Um, since we've had Zoe in kind of the last year, it's been a little bit more hit or miss, but, yeah. um, so it's been like three, almost four years now that I've been probably uh-huh. doing it. That's cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, yeah, it's, it wasn't, it was a thing to do for fun, but then it became like an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. And more like the, cause I have, yeah, I have like anger so it just helps with my anger no that's why i wanted to that's why i brought it up because i wanted to ask if that was something that helps you you know release that gives you that place to release all of the stuff that you keep in you know and and not have it become a conflict with anybody but more between you and your yourself and and that's tough powerlifting is tough and the other part of that i wanted to say or ask was how the you know putting physical pressure from weights on yourself how does that transfer to when that other stress or, or pressure, just in life in general, not just from the job or life in general, how does it help you um, handle it, man? Like stay, keep your foundation underneath it all. Yeah. So like powerlifting is very, uh, when you have like a, you have a program that you're following, like there's days where you freaking smash it and you're like, <laughs> I'm the strongest guy in the world, <laughs> yeah. in your own world, I guess. But 
then there's days where you're like, I freaking hate this. Why do I power lift? Like, <laughs> it hurts. It's hard. My body's sore. I'm hungry all the time. Like, all this stuff that happens. But, like, um, it's a it's a marathon more so than it is a sprint. Yeah, yeah. Meaning, like, it's more of a... And, and there's dudes at my gym who are, like, way better than... Are stronger and different. Like, they they can probably speak better into this than I can. But for me, it's, like, it's a marathon. Meaning, like... I want to be super strong, mm-hmm. but I also want to be able to like run around and just kind of have my life exactly. feel like I'm for me personally, knowing that I'm strong is, is good, good enough. Wow. And Man. so I feel like in life, like we talked about, like with the pressure of work and life and whatever, like those different, I almost said school. I don't go to school <laughs> life and work. And, um, yeah, like knowing that days are going to be hard and I'm going to not like it. I'm going to hate it. And then days are going to be like, I'm on top of the world, but knowing that like, I'm confident in who I am yeah. in those days is good enough for me wow. when I, when I don't feel like I'm enough or whatever, like, and knowing that if I can, I'm just going to throw numbers out there to be fun yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of gloat on my powerlifting. But like if I can squat 505 pounds, oh, I can wow. get through this hard day at work. Yeah. <laughs> if I can deadlift 534. I can get through this hard day at work. Wow. If I can bench 290, which I wish was 315. I can still get through a hard day at work. Like, <laughs> like, Wow. Like, that's the thing is like there's days where you can get through it. And, but like powerlifting has definitely taught me that no matter what happens the day before, mm. you always get to do it the next day wow. and the next day and the next day. Mm-hmm. And again, so like I have a bad training day, but guess what? Tomorrow I get to try again yeah. or do a different training. And then next week I'll do it again and then it'll be freaking awesome. Like, wow. so it's, it's an ebb and flow. And so I feel like the pressure of like work specifically is like there's days where i'm like what am i doing how am i doing this like this doesn't (laughs) make any sense why are we doing this and then in those times knowing that like okay we're gonna do the recording next wednesday as well Mm -hmm. then the next wednesday and then one day we'll back in post pandemic like Mm -hmm. so it 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 definitely has taught me that like to just keep going Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel yeah absolutely like don't hurt yourself obviously but like regardless of how down and out you might feel about things or how you feel like you're not worth something or that you're not good enough which i think about sometimes like i'm not good enough to do this job i'm not good enough to know how to do video routing and audio routing and lighting and whatever but like knowing that like through all that that doesn't define me yeah and knowing that like that because i don't feel good enough right now while i'm doing whatever doesn't mean that tomorrow i'll feel the same way that's good yeah. or a month or two months or three years or five years or whatever like where I am now yeah. isn't where I was two years ago yeah.